Welcome to the latest Pink Podcast in the Pink Elephant Podcast Series, dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices. Welcome to Kenya Legislative Availability, Part 6 of 6 with IT Management Consultant Jack Probst. So what I've tried to paint today is just a little different view. What I've tried to do is, because quite honestly, you say availability and legislation, why are they even in that game? Well, they're really in that game because society has a concern. And we see it being played out all the time. Society has a, a threshold of what they're willing to tolerate and what they're not. The same is true with the business. They have a threshold in terms of what they're willing to tolerate and what they're not. And I would offer up that all of that speaks to this whole concept of risk. And so I just give that to you as an idea, something to think about, um, to, to ponder as a different way of positioning uh, the whole concept of availability to, uh, to the business and to your business customers. Um, so we talked today about availability management and downtime management of risk, what the government is doing to us, and then some potential solutions. So with that, questions? You can just imagine the uh, amount of issues that we have planning for monthly patch updates. Okay, so it's a double-edged sword. Although we'll save a substantial amount of money in the long run, moving to a Microsoft platform from a hardware standpoint and software maintenance, um, now we have to put together a high availability solution that basically gets taken down the second Tuesday of every month. So mm -hmm. even if you, you're doing rolling upgrades, et cetera, et cetera, so now, you know, what looked like a cost savings initially, when you start looking at it, okay, is actually going to become a problem with availability. So it goes back to that whole idea of trade-off, right? So to, to some degree, what you had was is that you had cost, which was driving some decisions, but in essence what's happened is the risk profile has gone up because you have to implement the security patches, which the cost actually, it, it may be in reality, I mean, you're sort of like reverse engineering this whole idea of risk management, right? It may be more expensive in the long run. Of course, that makes you dependent on service level having architected outage windows. You can actually do proactive maintenance and, and the company letting you take them. That's a huge issue. Can you comment on this? Because I've actually seen many, many organizations buying their way out of immature processes by over-investing in availability and resilience. And, and again, it, comes, it goes back to what is it that you're willing to pay for versus what you're going to get. And so do you want to over-engineer um, and sustain that cost? That's probably more of a short-term win and potentially a long-term bitter pill because I think the total cost of ownership of something like that um, could be unsustainable. Well, I see, literally I see architected, architected uh, environments at 10% capacity because of the complete fail of a redundancy having to be architected in based on the fact that immature processes and, and unapproved changes basically are, you know, making you have a completely fail of a redundant environment. Well, or, or the issue is, is the fact that we don't know how to manage the environment, and so as a result, every application has its own server. Because there's the concern that if I put different applications all on the same box, that one will conflict with the other and then take all the applications that are running on the one box down. Um, it's interesting in that I had an availability discussion in uh, Las Vegas this past year. I was talking about, actually it was availability and capacity. I was talking about the whole idea of one application per box. And I had a, a, uh, a guy come up to me afterwards and he says, so you know, have you seen anybody 
not do that. In other words, be able to have shared servers and things of that nature. And I said, no, quite honestly, no. Uh, for the most part, nobody's figured out how to engineer that. He says, well, he says, here's my card. Would you give me a call if you hear anyone? He worked for this company that, you know, big letter starts with an M. He managed their, their server environment. So even they haven't figured out how to do that because it is, it's, and it's a question of how much risk is the business willing to take. And quite honestly, they'd rather do the trade-off and say we need the availability so we'll pay for it. Yes, sir. Being a uh, relatively young technology company, we did exactly that. We threw hardware, we threw data center space, we threw networking connections, whatever we had to do to, to make it redundant, clustered, uh, capacity, and now we're maturing right past that where, gee, we're running out of data center space, and you know, now we're, we're really taking a hard look at that and looking at uh, virtual machines, um, better capacity management, and all of that. And it's, it's a big pie to unweave mm -hmm. once, once you're in there. So do you have break-even points with respect to understanding? So when you start to pull the parts apart, do you have some idea in terms of what, you know, what the, um, you know, I'm willing to go this far, but I'm not willing to go any further than, they say, than X? Um, Probably not from an ROI hard data standpoint. Yep. It's more of a lack of, uh, lack of knowledge, lack of documentation of if we separate this or if we put this together, is it going to still work? Right. Okay. Jack, can you comment on uh, a variety of industry research that shows that, let's say, the vast majority of unavailability issues are not technology related at all? All right. It's primarily people. I mean, for instance, if we look at 80% of our incidents are change-related, right? So as an example, um, when I was on the, uh, the other side of the fence, one of the issues that we had was, uh, was availability. We were doing an availability exercise, and we, I, I call it sneaking up on idle. In other words, what we were doing is we were doing problem management where we had a major outage, and we would identify through cause analysis, we would identify where the failure had occurred. Well, here's what I saw in the analysis. What I found was, and I think it's primarily because of the people who are doing the analysis, once they found the technology issue, they stopped. What they didn't do is they didn't go the next step to say, why, does the why did the technology issue exist? So, for instance, I found bad code. I'm sorry, yeah, that you... That was approximate cause, but it was not the root cause of the issue. And so I would agree. But I think part of that, Troy, is that we mistake this whole idea of failure with, yeah, silicon mill melt, right? Hard drives will fail. But are there other steps that are human? We have the human potential for human intervention that actually could have mitigated that overarching risk. And then it's a question of, one, do we know enough to ask the question? And two, are we willing to pay for it? Make sense? Thank you. Other questions? I think we wore them out. Thank you very much, Jack, and appreciate your session this afternoon. Thank you. You've been listening to part six of Kenya Legislative Availability. Please join us next week as we present you with a new pink podcast.
Thank you for joining us for today's Pink Podcast. Go to www.pinkelephant.com to find out more about our products, including Atlas, our knowledge database with hundreds of example documents and templates for your IT management best practice projects.